Tim Lacombe, Jake Scott, join us now. What's going on, guys? Well, I, I, I believe that uh, it's very similar kind of a malaise about the Jazz tonight from the start. I, I did not like the energy. Uh, you know, you, you study numbers, Dave, and I uh, and I watch, kind of watch body language and um, and scheme and all that stuff. Uh, I didn't feel like there was one thing Golden State did to the Jazz tonight. Um, and I would dare say on nearly every one of the live ball turnovers, the play was to make a play for somebody else. And the ball was dribbled one too many times. So I just feel like there's kind of a, whether it's out of sync, out of rhythm, and then and the effort is not even close to what it's been. You know, Quinn talked about it after the game uh, against Houston. But you just watched uh, basically G League Houston Rockets team and now obviously Curry and Draymond are, you know, they're great players. But beyond that, you know, there is no one on that team and no way that Golden State should do that to this Jazz team. Agreed. And, I, and I've and i been, you know, what, and I'm not... This is this is what you're saying, and, and I totally agree with you. Every quarter, I'm not sure what they were in the fourth quarter, but every quarter the Warriors shot over 50%. And, and right now, without the numbers in the third quarter, they shot over 55% on, on the Jazz. In, in every quarter. Defensively, um, how do I put this? There are some teams that's going to just give you hell. Yeah. You know, where you just can't, you just can't stop. From, a, from every angle, from right? From every angle, yeah. exactly. I'm not so sure this is one of them. Uh, but tonight, it was, well, this afternoon, it was the Golden State Warriors uh, that made key plays. The Jazz had three opportunities in one quarter to take the lead or maybe two or three. And and they miss on two possessions each time. And just think if you, if you get the lead, then maybe things change. But uh, defensively right now, they're just not getting it done. You, you guys are welcome to tell me that my narrative, like one of the weakness, one of the things you can do as a broadcaster, probably no different than a coach that can be wrong, is that you can come into a broadcast with a, a preconceived story or a storyline and then never pivot off it, right? So, Correct. Um, so that that could be, you know, th- that criticism could be appropriate here, and I, I welcome it if both of you would like to, or any of you. Jake, actually, you can't. But okay. No, I'm just kidding. I'll sit it up. All right, so <laughs> at the end of one, it's 33 to 22, okay? We're down 11, and Steph Curry and Draymond Green go out of the game, which is – you know, where these guys really are now playing two two-way players, Jordan Poole, Andrew Wiggins, and I don't even know who their fourth play, fifth – they're terrible. Wiseman. They're, they're awful. I mean, they're playing Nico and Poole just because they're trying to get a feel for what they actually have. You know, right. Damian Lee, they've seen. Uh, they're looking at rebuild, all that stuff. But, yeah, right. go ahead. So they're awful. And they're the zero percentile offensively of any lineup in the entire league. And so we do exactly what we're supposed to do. We, we go and take a 33-22 point deficit with that bench unit that's so great. And next thing you know, it's 45-39. Then, and then, go, then it's 42-39. It's 42-39. So we did exactly what we're supposed to. We took a, and then Rudy Gobert and goes out. Derek Favors comes in. Joe Ingles goes out and Royce O'Neal comes in. And Mike Conley usually 
goes out somewhere in here as well. And, and, and what happens, but immediately the Warriors go on a run. Immediately. And next thing you know, the Jazz are back down by 10. Before Steph Curry, Steph Curry comes back in. It's, a, it's actually an eight-point game. We go to the third quarter. And the exact same thing happens. We start the third quarter. It's 95. Yes, they scored 95 points in the first three quarters. 95-86. It's a, it's a nine-point game instead of an 11-point game. We immediately go on a run. It's 97-95. It's 99-98. And we sub those guys out. In comes, this time, in comes Donovan Mitchell. In comes Derek Favors. In comes Boyan Bogdanovich. We changed it up a tiny bit. And we fall apart again. Against terrible players. Okay. Now, they're NBA players. So let me rephrase that. Terrible yeah. NBA players. But, like, that to me was the game. Exact same thing both times. Okay, I can agree with you there but for the sake of the argument here. Jazz ended up with 119 points. So defensively, they just. Oh, I not, think that that's. I, I, I'll say it. I'll just uh, say it. I think the Warriors' offensive rating with Derek Favors on the floor tonight might have been 160. That's a problem. That's a problem. Yeah. Now, is it just Rudy Gobert? Are we, have we be, you know, I don't know. Like, this is where you guys have to jump in here. I can give you the numbers. Is it because Derek Favors is not playing well? Is it because our team has become so dependent on Rudy Gobert that we're dependent on the greatest defensive player in the world to be behind us at all times? And the minute we just have an above average defensive center, we get exploited? Like, I don't know that. You're going to, you guys have to tell me, like, are we just not guarding our yard because we're expecting Rudy to be there and then suddenly Rudy's not in and Derek can't at 6'10", can't do what Rudy does at 7'17"? Like, I would say that I would lean toward that. Um, I, I actually really enjoyed watching this team play, you know, defensively. You know, even guys that aren't great defenders you know, for the majority of the season, they've really given an effort, done their job. But I do think there's part of it where a bunch of guys have maybe relaxed a teeny bit, and that's why we're seeing some slippage. And and certainly teams are, you know, just like you talked about, when Rudy comes out of the game, it's go time. It's attack time. And and we're, we're definitely seeing that. I mean, the minute he leaves the floor, every game it's almost as though I hear you say, and they go right to the rim. You know, I mean, it, it's, it's that call that uh, it, it's common, but, it, but it's very true. Okay. Every quarter, they shot over 50%. Ooh. Every quarter. And that's just not just that unit. Right. No, I, it, it, to me, it was more than a unit. I, I think it's a, I, I think it's just kind of a, a thing that everybody's got to kind of get back on the same page. Um, and I'll throw this out there because it's kind of, kind of apropos, possibly, but <laughs> I, I went to a clinic in Vegas one year. I was a high school coach, and I was trying to gobble up everything I could. Mike Krzyzewski spoke at one of the sessions. And he talked about that, you know, he gets guys, they recruit them, they bring them in, they're there during the summer, everything's going good, they all start working out, they get the team there, um, everything's good. Two weeks into the fall semester, they have parents weekend. <laughs> and after parents weekend, in his words, the whole team goes to hell for about 10 days because everybody gets sequestered with their people looking them in the eye saying, 
you got to do this, you got to do that, you got to do this. And in my mind, there's a little of that possibly because everybody just went home and everybody got told how great they were and how they can do more. But it's a team game. And this team is a team when they're really, really good. That's how they're going to that's how they're going to beat teams with with possibly better players. I'll go steal a line. Uh, I think Gordon Chiesa was the one. Who, I'll, I'll add on at 436 on a Sunday. If someone's listening to it, we'll make it worth their while. Gordon Chiesa used to say to me, every player in the league establishes his own personal value and then cares about the team. I think that's it. <laughs> Makes a lot of sense. Dead on. Yeah. yeah. We got a lot of guys still establishing their own personal value in the league right now. They've all gotten paid, but like just run through the list. Like all of them have a little, a lot of our guys have a little something they're playing for right now. So those two combinations seeping in at the same time when you've got a little burden top probably leads you losing four out of six. And that's not very much fun. So let's hope they decide to go back to the way it's fun. <laughs> Start listening to Q again. Right. You're not like, what's Rudy, uh, if we're going to keep going great NBA plot, Rudy Tomjanovich had the greatest line of all time. Every NBA team's going to go through three storms in a season, and I want beepty beeps who can handle a storm. Absolutely. So I'm going to have Mario Eli, and I'm going to have Robert Ory, and I'm going to have Matt Maloney. Like, if you go back and look at those Rock, Rockets teams, they had guys who could handle storms. Mm-hmm. We're probably in our first storm of the season, or actually probably mm-hmm. our second. Our first one probably happened really early this year. Which leads me to these are other NBA teams in the league. They're pretty good. Yeah. They're going to have runs just like the Jazz have had runs. Uh, You're going to have nights where uh, nothing goes right strictly because of different types of personnel that that will give you problems offensively and defensively. Um, Just – Give the Jazz a chance to work their way out of what's what's going on right now. And the good news is they built themselves a um, little uh, buffer. Yes. To make sure they keep home court advantage and hopefully hold on to the number one seed. But I like I like your storm there, David. It's true. Yeah. Storms happen in seasons, and you you just got to figure out a way to because it's not going to all go perfect. They got right. they just got to corral it, get things figured out, and it may, you know, there may be some work at, at working with particular guys. Boyan's got to play better than he's playing right now. Um, but across the board, same guys that, that went on the run just got to find it again. I know you guys aren't uh, college basketball guys in this totally changing the subject, but you may like to know the state of Utah gets two teams in. Uh, Utah Only State two. gets an 11 seed, and they're taking on Texas Tech. And Ooh, uh, we good. just found out BYU got a six seed, and they will play the winner of Michigan State and UCLA in the play-in. Is they- it a it, – it- that's the way they do that. That's the way they do that to BYU. See, they they say, we're going to give you a six, but then you're going to play two (laughs) former national champions about 100 times. Can we go on another another angle here? Can I just, can I just like call out the, I know nothing. Okay. Let me just say that this is, this is an unfair accusation on the NCAA other than the fact that I've been in the business for 30 years. The play-in game has become Michigan State versus UCLA. But really, the NCAA tournament doesn't favor the Power Six conferences at all. We really want to get those younger or those smaller schools a chance. So but, UCLA, Michigan State, come but, to Dayton. We're going to have a... But, wait oh a minute. So God. Idaho State didn't make it? 
They did, actually the the Ron Boone exemption is up. They they thought they could use it, but surprised can't get in. Totally surprised. Where is Idaho State, Ron? Pokey. In oh, Pocatello. Sorry. Yes. That's good because I drove through Idaho Falls the other day, yeah. and I was concerned that you had spent time extended period of time there. No. Okay. Good. No. And that would have no 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 it never did. Port, uh, Pokey's a great town. It is? Portnow. Oh, yeah. Port <laughs> it is? <laughs> Port I spent many a night at the Portno Brewing Company, a great little restaurant, Pokey. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a lot better now. I mean, it's, it's back when I was there, it was more of a college town. And, and, but it's grown. Uh, nice little town. Yeah, absolutely. All right, guys. Thank you very much. We appreciate you. All right. Selection Sunday extravaganzas. See you. 131 to 119, Jazz Fall to the Warriors. We're breaking it out next here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz Game Night Post Game Show here on the Jazz Radio Network. 131 to 119 is your final Jazz Fall in San Francisco to the Golden State Warriors. Jake Scott, Coach Tim Lacombe with you. Tough night tonight or afternoon, whatever we're saying, uh, for the Utah Jazz. Tim, this was, I mean, their performance the other night against Houston uh, lacked a little gusto, and they just kind of continued on in that theme tonight. I can't put my finger on it, <laughs> Jake, but I, I, I don't like what I'm seeing uh, from an energy standpoint in the uh, you know, I, I'm hoping, <clears throat> excuse me, it's just a rhythm thing. But, um, man, the the Jazz get really got outplayed. Um, really concerning that, uh, you know, that ball movement and that kind of free-flowing offense seems to uh, have kind of been stagnated. And, again, uh, I'd be quick to give Golden State credit defensively if I felt like they they did a good job of, of you know, corralling down on a drive and, and digging a ball out. But, the ball shouldn't even be there. So um, this was more self-inflicted wounds um, that I feel like the Jazz just got to address. The Warriors had 12 steals, to your point, digging out uh, when the Jazz dribbled into the lane. But there was just so much dribbling. I'm really surprised. I mean, I, I'm thinking to the you know, the highlights of that uh, seven-pass possession that uh, went viral and everybody saying, oh, this is Jazz basketball. It's fun to watch. I mean, we just haven't seen anything like that. I know that's one play, but it was kind of representative to me of how they were playing during that streak when they were so good. And that is just so much more dribbling and not the right decisions and uh, dribbling into crowds, which is strange. And everything seems so much more crowded. I don't know. Maybe we can get into a conversation about spacing, but it's just not, it, it doesn't feel like it's the same. I'm with you. You know, and spacing only works. So, you know, I'd have to go back and watch it, but I watched the Jazz. They were spaced how they normally space deep corners free throw line extended um you know obviously rudy rolling but my point is i think they missed a lot of opportunities they they got one late uh drive and kick um i believe donovan to mike conley and in my mind i in watching the game i felt like they could have done that a whole lot more yeah but guys were a little more stubborn as they drove it to figure out a way to score and clarkson had some success doing it and donovan but like you, to your point, jazz basketball, what we've come to accustomed to this year is two on the ball, it moves, two on the ball, it moves, we're beating the defense, and we're going to get a wide-open shot. And we're just not seeing that. 
Well, and then to Booner's uh, credit, and he, he brought up this a lot during crosstalk, Jazz surrendered 131 points, and there wasn't a single quarter where Golden State shot uh, less than 50% from the field. So, you know, we can talk about the ball sticking and turnovers and dribbling and all this stuff, but, uh, I mean, if you're not going to play better defense than that, you're you're not going to win a ton of ball games. But, you know, what's crazy is I believe it's all attached, you know? You, you drive it. Yeah. You drive it, and you got a guy wide open, and all your, you've thrown that ball – and you don't, and that guy's the guy that's supposed to rotate for you defensively next time. And, you know, you don't want to think that exists, but there's, you know, it's hum- there are humans out there playing the game. So, yeah, I'm with you 100%. There is no way on any planet that Golden State, as presently constituted, should be able to score 130 points on this Jazz team. No, no absolutely way. not. It's, it's, it's beyond ridiculous. And if Quinn was frustrated last game, I mean, he may come in and just, you know, tear the place down because, to me, that part is the most concerning is, man, that team should not score that many points. You know, kind of tying into a conversation we had during the pregame about Andrew Wiggins where, you know, he, he makes takes up so much of Golden State's cap and he can't really be a part of the future because he's not good enough to be, you know, a number two offensive option, but yet he's taken up that kind of cap. Andrew Wiggins had 28 points tonight. 12 of 16 shooting, 3 of 4 from 3. It's like he listened to the pregame show and was like, I'm going to go show those two morons what's what and go yeah. out there and play the game of uh, the game of the year. Yeah, overpaid. Yeah, My friend, I'll show those that look comb and go out there and show him what it's all about. I mean, if he played like that every night, we wouldn't even be having that conversation. But the Jazz didn't have that urgency was, focus yeah, no or whatever. Resistance. It was easy. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Resistance, that's the word. Zero. I mean, the number of times guys drove right to the rim uh, or – you know, the just did to the jazz what the jazz have been doing to people. And, and that's just being a little bit be being a little behind the play. And the jazz have, defensively, that's one thing this year. They've they've been pretty good at, at second in the league. Uh, worth noting. Um, and we'll get some sound coming up around the corner. What a night for Rudy Gobert. Probably shouldn't have taken that long to mention it, although it is a loss. Rudy, 24 points, 28 rebounds, four block shots. Eight of ten from the field, win the line 13 times, eight of 13. I mean, he played. Yeah. You know, he's the one guy out there in my mind, and I think Mike Conley actually competed pretty good too for most of the game. But beyond that, you know, the Jazz have just got to look at themselves in the mirror and get back to that level that that they were at. Now, not every shot's going to go in, but, you know, you can be locked in, do your guard your man and rotate on your assignment and be physical on a block out and, you know, have some pride at stopping a break with a foul, all that different stuff that they've been doing. Uh, Rudy tonight was plus 11. Mike was plus 9. And then brace yourself for the rest of the starting uh, starting five. Donovan minus 26. Bogdanovich minus 24. Royce minus 18. And that goes to the, the rotation stuff that we were talking about with Locke. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah, I mean, and then you look at the names on the other side of the ledger and you're saying well, that team did that to, okay, Something, you know, yeah. that that's not – something didn't quite go right today. I'm with you. Self-inflicted feels like, a, they are. like a good phrase. I mean, the, yeah. the perfect – the game summed up perfectly on Joe's turnover. He drove it, basically could have shot it, could have kicked it to the corner, but instead throws a wild pass basically to Kent Bazemore, who starts the breakdown, and they score. Easily. Easily with no resistance, right? Yep. And that were, was when they were right back in it, too. Yeah, I mean, it was those down to a couple possessions yeah, right there. Exactly. All right. 
for those of you uh, on our network stations, uh, that will wrap things up for tonight. Our next broadcast uh, coming your way on Tuesday. Jazz take on the Celtics TNT game, their only TNT game of the second half of the year. Uh, that game will tip off at 5.30. For those of you sticking around with us, we'll get you some post-game sound, and we'll continue to break this one down as Jazz fall to the Warriors, 131-119, to 119, right here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz game night post-game show here on the Jazz Radio Network. It's brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer. Jazz lose tonight. 131 to 119. Jake Scott coach Tim Lacombe will get you some sound from the post game coming up here momentarily. But let's get to your sharp stats of the game brought to you by Les Olson Company. Les Olson Company, your office technology partner. Jazz tonight shot 44% from the field, 34% from three. They were 15 of 44. They were led by Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert, who both had 24 points. But Rudy, 24 points, a franchise record, 28 rebounds, and four block shots. Rudy did it on 8 of 10, shooting 8 of 13 from the line. Uh, let's see here. Mike Conley had 23 points and 6 assists. Jordan Clarkson had 21 coming off the bench. But uh, for Golden State, they shot 56% from the field, 51.6% from 3, 16 of 31. Steph had 32 points on 10 of 20 shooting. Uh, Andrew Wiggins had 28. Draymond Green with a triple-double, 11 points, 12 rebounds, 12 assists, 4 steals. For Draymond Green, the, the Warriors had 12 steals as a team. And, um, man, 131 to 119, but you lead, uh, you read that box score, and it actually <laughs> it probably shouldn't have been that close, to be honest. No, it is it is amazing. And it's, it's such a departure from the box scores we've been looking at all yeah. year. Um, I, think, I think that's the part of this that's coming to as the biggest shock is really it kind of went from really, really solid to, whoa, and, and so you obviously um, have some things you can point to, but when you're talking about 56% and 51 from three, and then Steph Curry, who we talked about as, you know, a guy you obviously got to stop, has 32. So, I mean, a lot of different things that you can point at and go, whoa, there, there's a couple things not right here. All right, let's get some post-game sound going. Let's go back to San Francisco and hear from Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder. Hey, Coach, we'll get started with Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. Hey, Quinn. So after the uh, Houston game the other night, you described the performance as very poor. Uh, seems like after the defensive effort tonight, there's there's still yet more room to improve. Uh, what would you say the primary issue was tonight? Well, we, you know, we, we didn't execute the way that we need to, um, whether that be you know, being shifted on the weak side um, to protect the rim, protect on rolls when we were, you know, we were trying to get the ball out of Steph's hands. Um, but if we're going to do that, um, we got to protect the rim and, and he can't get nine three. So this, the, 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 we didn't really take, our execution was such that we, we didn't take enough things away. Um, you know, and they obviously capitalized on that, but we've got to be more focused in, in what we want to do from an execution standpoint. And, um, make it happen out on the court. Kristen Kenny, Jazz TV. Hey, Coach, another 2020 game for Rudy. He told me that it's on him to set the tone defensively. How has he grown this year as far as his maturity and focus on that end? Well, I think he's keeping his focus. Um, and there's times when 
Rudy could let what's happening on one end of the floor, you know, impact the other. Um, he's just been much more consistent with that. Um, you know, when he does that, you know, he's obviously very impactful. Next up, Ben Anderson, KSLSports.com. Quinn, you closed the game with Joe Ingles in the rotation. What was you just kind of into that? Uh, what went into that decision making? Well, we've done that, you know, before. We've closed with different guys. You know, in this case, Joe um, playing pick and roll, um, his ability to create some off the dribble. They had Draymond on Donovan, obviously, and um, able to get some other guys off the ball. And you know, when Joe was in there, he was making some plays. Last question, Andy Larson, Salt Lake Tribune. When I ask because I don't know, but is is Derek Favors at 100% physically? Because it doesn't seem like he's maybe moving as well as maybe the the Favors that we we know from past time here. No, we you know throughout the game, you know the, there there's things that um, Favors you, you saw him on the offensive blast tonight. Um, he was really aggressive, and you know it's no no one guy that you know we had some struggles with you know that 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 bench lineup during that stretch, but that that's not any one person. That's all. Okay. Thank you, coach. All right. There was jazz head coach Quinn Snyder uh, talking about Joe Ingles for a second here. He did close the game. They went with Joe instead of Bogdanovich Joe tonight, eight points, five rebounds, seven assists and Bogdanovich. He struggled so mightily tonight. I, this, I, I hate saying this, but this may have been the worst game of the year for him. Um, nine points, two of nine shooting, one of seven from three. I mean, all of that is not terrific, but he is an absolute liability on defense. And then to have four turnovers, pretty much every time he dribbled the ball, he turned the ball over. I mean, it was just such, it was such a struggle for him. I, I don't know, you know, coach focused on Joe Ingles and what he can do. And I get all that, but I wonder how much of it had to do with Bogdanovich. Just the, the, this was not his day today. No, it wasn't. And he came out right after the most, you know, the most recent turnover, he turned over a really bad one, and, um, and and they subbed Joe in at that point for the next dead ball, and and you could tell that it was you know they just had to kind of go with a different hand. But um, yeah, Bojan kind of had a funny look in his eye tonight from the start, um, and in just like you mentioned, maybe could be a scouting report thing because he's starting to turn it over a bunch, and when he puts it on the floor and drives it, he's not keenly aware always of where help is. So I would think that could be a scouting report thing. You know, teams see him dribble and they're going to come get it. And they should. I mean, if if it's going to have that kind of impact like it did today, I mean, it, it just wasn't – he was a, he wasn't just a no-show, which I think we've seen from Bogdanovich a couple of times. Again, I feel terrible sounding so mean having this conversation. But this tonight he was a real detriment. I mean, there was some critical plays that he didn't make or made mistakes on – that really hurt the team at critical points. Yeah, and I think, you know, I, I have had that debate in my mind, you know, are we being too hard on him right now? But I, I think we have seen such a different product in such a different effort, and um, and so that's why this is, stands out, and we and I think we're both surprised. Um, but, yeah, Boyan's a guy, in my mind, uh, that has to play well for the Jazz. He's kind of that X factor. And, you know, when he's at his best, he does his – a good job of keeping people in front of him. And the other piece of it is he, um, you know, he makes open shots and doesn't try to do too much. Um, and I think that's where he's at his best. And when they can get him in a mismatch and post him, he's been great there too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, not, not, as, not a great night for him. No.
And it it did. It went beyond just not making shots, which he he did not. I mean, it, it was a real struggle. The struggle was real for uh, for Bojan Bogdanovich. All right, one thirty one to one nineteen is your final. Uh, we'll get more sound from the locker room coming up next. I want to remind you about Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer and the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Jazz fall to the Warriors, 131 to 119. More next right here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz Game Night Post Game Show here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jake Scott, Coach Tim Lacombe. It's brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer. Jazz Fall in San Francisco this afternoon, 131 to 119. Uh, let's get your uh, look at your points in the paint. Brought to you by Serta Pro Painters. Call 1-800-GO-SERTA or visit certapro.com. That's Serta with a C. We do painting, you do life. Points uh, in the paint tonight. Uh, Jazz outscored 56 to 52. And uh, I guess the reason that surprised me a little bit is because Rudy was feasting. I mean, maybe, you know what, you look at Rudy's line, 8 of 10, and again, you have to look at it twice because it's amazing, uh, let alone, you know, coming in a loss. But Rudy with 24 points, 28 rebounds, 4 block shots, even had 2 steals and an assist. 8 of 10, 8 of 13 from the line. Almost wonder why, I mean, I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but is 10 attempts too low for Rudy? Well, possibly. Um, but then when you look at, at what Wiseman did, right, around the rim, 8, eight for 11, and uh, and Wiggins was 12 for 16, only taking four threes. Yeah, so right. there's there's a whole bunch he had to keep up with. So obviously not surprised that, that they kind of got the jazz in the paint. But, man, um, yeah, you almost wonder if should we have just kept going to the well there. You know, I know jazz fans don't want to hear this, but I'm with you. I'm coming around on Wiseman. I like Wiseman. I do too. He's got that. I mean, he's got that NBA build too. But in, in everybody that you know in and around him knew, a he's a really good character kid, um, and b he has a lot of skill set. You know, for a guy his size. But you're going to have to just be a little patient. And you know, I think everybody was kind of that was thinking about him was thinking maybe a year or two down the road. But he's starting to show signs right now. Yeah, right. I mean, you can see why they stayed with that pick. I think a lot of people, including myself, kind of thought that they would trade out of that package Wiggins with it and get back, uh, you know, maybe a number, you know, two or three, the scoring option on your team. And that's not what they did, I think, in large part, because they liked what they were getting right there with Wiseman. For sure. And he played well. He played well tonight. And he, he you know, gets back to the kind of Derek Favors when he came in and played with the the reserve unit. Booner was talking about it a little bit in crosstalk. I mean, he played really well. And I don't know, uh, Quinn Snyder was asked about Derek's health, which he's not going to answer. <laughs> because right. he's he just doesn't uh, I mean, comment on those things, but uh, you you wonder because Derek did a couple of nice things tonight, but yeah, some of that that pep that maybe we're used to wasn't there either. No, he he didn't seem a, as forceful. He would maybe the word I'd use, and and you know he's there has been obviously a major drop off defensively from Rudy to him, um, you know, and that's just because Rudy's so good. But tonight it just seemed like yeah, it seemed like Derek was a step slow. Um, but it is funny that those questions get asked because, you know, there's not a whole lot of ways you can go with that question as a coach. I know. With I, HIPAA and, you know, with the fact that you don't want to just throw a dude under the bus or wait, not or, you know. Well, you don't want to tell the next he, team. Exactly, you don't want to tell the right, Celtics. Right. Like, oh, yeah, his uh, 
His left leg is barely attached. I mean, if we had a better option, we'd play it. But here we are. One you know? last hit. If the Celtics happened to hit it, boy, he'd be. A... Yeah, I, I feel bad. Well, and, and to be honest, I don't, I don't blame the reporter either because it's a Derek Favors in um, his game tonight. I mean, if you look at his minus twenty three, it's certainly a story. And how do you ask about that? But asking about an injury, you're putting coach in a bad position because he can't, he can't really answer it. Right. Can't really answer it, honestly. But uh, I'll say this. Even on a night Derek struggles, they're still in a better position than they were last year. And nobody's going to be Rudy. And so, you know, you're going to – no matter what, as soon as Rudy comes off the floor, they're going to go right at you, Derek Favors, Tony Bradley, whatever. So he's kind of in a – kind of in an awkward position. But, you know, if if today's the day that we say you need a little bit more out of Derek Favors, there hasn't been too many of those days so far this year. No, and and thank goodness there hasn't been in many games. We've just been kind of taken back by how ineffective, you know, the Jazz were, period, in a game like this. Um, So that that to me is, uh, you know, I I think it's safe to, to be able to call it out, talk about it, and um, you know, and, and I hope that Derek's healthy because yeah. he's been he's been a big piece to like you said in compared to last year. Yeah, and and we love Tony Bradley, try hard Absolutely. guy, but but Derek even on his nights where he struggles is is so much of an upgrade there, yep. and it does take pressure off Rudy. But today just wasn't a great example of that for right. him. All right, let's get some post game sound rolling. Let's go back to San Francisco and hear from Donovan Mitchell. Hey Donovan, we'll have our first question from Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. Hey, Don. So uh, Golden State tonight, 56% from the field, better than 50% from three. What were they doing so well? And and what's kind of, you know, is there something you guys are struggling with defensively in these first couple of games back? I think it's attention to detail. Understanding that teams are going to come out and uh, give us their best shot. You know, they came out hot. They just lost by leave 30 to, to LA, you know, Steph was animated throughout the game and their post game comments. We knew they were going to come up with that energy. Uh, we just got to be ready for it. Um, I think that was right. Turnovers hurt us like at four. Somebody else had four. It doesn't matter. But like that, that hurts, you know, being able to execute. We came back, but, you know, they were determined. We just kept trying to fight. But, you know, at the end of the day, they came out and we were the aggressor. We didn't respond. Next up, Chris and Kenny, Just TV. John, you told me before Rudy's had these 2020 games, but this year there's something different. What are you seeing as the difference there? Um, it's being stronger. You know, just, as a whole, finishing, understanding where it is to be, grabbing the board, the men in the boards. You know, I think that's that's what we see. You know, the hunger for getting fouled and being strong with the ball. Um, he does what he does on the defensive end. But, you know, when we throw it up there, you know, being strong with the understanding guys are going to try and, you know, Come and grab it out of his hands. He's keeping the ball high, dunking the ball, um, just taking his that part of his game to another level, and that's what we saw tonight. I think he almost had thirty rebounds. Like you know, that's that's it's, incre- it's incredible to be honest. But you know, um, that's that's what I would say is the difference. You know, he's being more aggressive. You know, wants the contact, finishing through contact, and you know, you're seeing it. Andy Larson, Salt Lake Tribune. John, you guys are usually such a good. Uh, transition defense team. I mean, what is it that's happened the last couple of games that really you guys haven't been a good hard when you turn the ball over? You know, I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily say it's the defense. I think it's the turnovers, you know, that that kill us. Um, you know, that that hurts. It, it's tough to match up and tough to communicate and all those different things when we're airing passes 
um, little things like that. If we take care of the ball, I think that'll definitely help us. Um, but then when we do make a mistake, it's being able to fix it. But when you, how many we have tonight? I mean, we have 14, but, you know, some of them are pivotal. You know, some of them are in big moments and certain stretches that didn't, that compounded, you know, they're hitting tough shots, they're hitting shots, and then you get a turnover. You know, that, that makes it feel like it's worse than it is, and then it affects different things. So we take care of the ball. I think those things kind of fall into line. Last question, Nicole Tab Deportes. Hi, Donovan. What do you think was the big challenge uh, in the matchup today with the Stephen Curry? Um, you know, he's he's stuff. You know, he's gonna get up, get open look or get looks. You know, we gotta be able to limit them. You know, we he came out, you know, start the game, you know, came out strong and you know, didn't look back from there. You know, we did a good job of it in the second quarter and part of the third, but you know, we gotta understand that, you know, he is who he is, and we gotta go out there and try and find ways to limit his attempts, limit his catches. Um, and it definitely helped that other guys were making shots, you know, with Jordan Poole, I think had 20. Uh, Kelly Wiggs, everybody was making shots. So, you know, it made it tougher. But, you know, understanding that he's he's Steph Curry for a reason and we've got to find ways to, you know, limit his attempts. That's that's the biggest thing if you can, you know, because, you know, when he gets it, he's such a dynamic player that he's going to do something productive with the ball. So um, he was able to get off and get, get in certain actions and, and get his and that opened up everything else. And then also guys being able to score outside of him definitely helped as well. That's it. Thank you, Donovan. Donovan Mitchell, 24 points tonight on uh, 7 of 18, shooting 4 of 10 from 3, 6 of 8 from the line. He had four assists, but as he mentioned right there, he had four turnovers. The other player uh, he alluded to with four was uh, Boyan Bogdanovich. Joe Ingles had three. And uh, when he was talking about the transition defense, I, I, you know, Turnovers, you get focused on the number in the in the box score, right? And and you look at it and you say fourteen. Well, I mean, we've seen games with Jazz over twenty. So what's the big deal? It's it's not one of these. You throw a bad pass out of bounds. It's it's turnovers that directly led to dunks on the other side. Yeah, and we used to talk all the time as a staff that you would much rather have like a moving screen or um, you know a charge, or if a guy just kicked the ball up to the second concourse. Wherever you have to do to get the thing stopped so you can get back, that's awesome. And and the Jazz this year have been so good at being able to stop fast breaks, you know, taking the Euro foul. Um, And tonight they just, you know, they didn't even have a chance to do that because they were so into their offense and guys just got the ball stripped. And, again, I was surprised they only turned it over 14 times. But I'll bet you, you know, they, they probably gave up in the neighborhood of 20 points on those 14, um, you know, because so many of them led right to a, a basket. Fast break points tonight, 19 for Golden State. Yeah. And that's more, that's, I mean, it, that's not even counting transition buckets. I mean, that's just straight fast break points, 19, which is just a huge number. That's a huge number. And a, and a number we haven't seen a lot. That, you know, to, to the Jazz credit, they have been a very good transition defensive team. Uh, again, utilizing the Euro foul when they're outnumbered. Uh, and then also when, you know, when they just play, they all sprint back and they build a wall and, and you keep guys out of the paint for that first, you know, few seconds and you've done your job. Um, tonight, just too many opportunities in all facets that were just kind of, you scratch your head and, and wonder, um, you know, how how it kind of slipped like that today. But, um, yeah, that that was definitely noticeable, the transition and the fast break points. 
And I got to say, I mean, Draymond Green had four steals, and and I know he's kind of a, uh, a lightning rod type of a player. And again, tonight he was demonstrative, and he had that hard foul on Rudy, which I agreed, by the way, was not a flagrant foul. I saw some some grumpiness on Twitter, which no, surprised I... me a little bit. But, I mean, gal, he gets after it. You can you can not like you know his his personality and how outspoken he is or, or whatever, but God, I I like NBA players that play hard all the time, and that dude plays hard all the time. It's funny because I I flew home from a Final Four, and I sat next to Tom Izzo on the plane, and so it was a leg from I don't even remember where we were, but he was flying out west to go see Draymond play. And so we actually sat right next to one another and talked the entire flight about all sorts of different things. But one thing he said, and it's just what you had just alluded to, you know, I talked to him about some of the best guys he's ever coached. And he's like, man, I, you know, it's like naming kids. But he's like, I'm going to tell you right now, you know, it's hard not to start a list, you know, when you start talking about guys, you know, without Draymond because of that very thing. Because he, you know, every night, now, he's going to be demonstrative. He's going to get technicals. He's going to do things, you know, ultra-competitive guys do. But he always knows the score. You know, he's always going to give you everything he has. And that's, that's you know, a great trait uh, in a player. It's somebody you can count on. He's almost like Dennis Rodman in that way, although he's obviously not even close to as out there as Dennis was. But, I mean, he was disappearing to Vegas in the middle of the night. But you knew as soon as he was on the floor, I mean, he that guy was going to play as hard as he can the whole time. And that's what Draymond does. I mean, last year was, you know, such a, I'm sure for Warriors fans, frustrating year, but a dude play, gave it all he had last year too. I mean, that's just how he's programmed, and you certainly have to respect it. And that's the part of this that, you know, I, I sit and marvel at. They're, I guess they're 19 and 19. Uh, Golden State are now 20 and 19. Um, and, you know, they've struggled through that year. Last year he was out there taking shots from everybody after being the king. And you just got to you gotta like a guy who really understands the value of hard work day in and day out. And love him or hate him, I, I've always really kind of been pulled toward guys like that because I like that, that work ethic. Yeah, I agree. All right, let's go back to San Francisco, and let's hear from Rudy Gobert. All right, we'll start with Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. Hey, Rudy. So Golden State shoots 56% from the field, better than 50 from three-point range. Uh, what did you guys need to do better defensively tonight? I thought in the in the first half, uh, our offense really affected our defense. You know, we uh, we took a few bad shots, we turned it over a few times, and uh, you know, when every, every time we were guarding half court, it was a little harder on them. Um, in the second half, you know, I think uh, I mean obviously Steph, Steph is Steph. Uh, but uh, some of these other guys got way too much, you know, easy stuff. And, you know, we could have done a much, much better job guarding it. You know, we, I think we just got to play better defense as a team. You know, teams are just going at us. Uh, and we have to realize that, you know, if we don't take pride, you know, uh, on the defensive end, all of us, um, every single game, uh, we don't put ourselves in the best position to win. And when the team, you know, is uh, is gonna make shots, you know, maybe if they don't make as many shots, we still win the game. But when uh, when the team's gonna make shots, uh, they're gonna be in a position to win, and that's not what we, that's not the team that we want to be. Nicholas Cole Huber, Sport Three Sixty Five. 
Hi, Rudy. Uh, 27 rebounds tonight. It's your uh, season, your career high in NBA. How do you feel about it? I mean, uh, I don't really care, you know, to be honest. Um, there's going to be a lot of nights like this. Uh, for, for me, it's just uh, I thought I could have done a better job defensively uh, on many on many uh, occasions. And, uh, you know, the rebounds. I mean, some games you're going to get 20, some games you're going to get 10. But I think uh, I got to do a better job uh, defensively. Maxime, the free agent. Uh, I really. Uh, so you you say indifferent, but the, the problem is that uh, uh, what can you do more personally? You, can, you you can't do anything more. I guess. I mean, I'm always looking for ways uh, and things that I can do better to help my teammates. Uh, obviously, we know we can play. You, it's got to be as a team. We got to play defense as a team, and uh, you know I'm gonna you know, keep watching film and. Uh, you know, keep find ways to uh, help my teammates. You know, and uh, and you know, we all gotta look into the mirror, uh, see uh, you know uh, what we can do better individually, and uh, and make sure that it fits into uh, you know what we're doing collectively. I think we uh, for the last two games, you know, we we kind of lost um, our principles defensively. You know, every night is different. Every night we're doing something different, and. And a lot of guys don't know. It's hard for a lot of guys to to do uh, to think about doing a lot of different things. So once again, we gotta come back to who we are. You know, come back to what we do best defensively, and uh, and we gotta dictate and not let teams dictate what we do because the the, the greatest teams in in this league are, are the ones that dictate to the other teams and not the opposite. Okay, last one. Follow up from Eric Walden. Rudy, you had mentioned that, uh, especially in the first half, the turnovers kind of led to a lot of transition opportunities for them. What do you guys need to do better specifically to kind of help that transition defense uh, perform more efficiently? I thought every time we, we were moving the ball and just getting off the ball, uh, we were getting great shots. Uh, and uh, even if we miss those shots, we're able to get back defense because those shots are are just good shots, you know, or we get to the rim and we get fouled. Uh, but when we kind of dribble too much and, and do all that stuff, it's, uh, we go back to, I mean, I'd like to see the numbers on this, but I feel like our efficiency goes way down. And, you know, and teams are, kind of, are doing a good job at trying to put us in the situation when we, 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 we stop moving it. And it's on us to, you know, keep that, that awareness and keep that focus. And, you know, when, we, when we're tired or when we, you know, things don't go our way, uh, you know, keep the emphasis on, you know, moving the ball. And uh, and then when we do that, you know, we have a, a lot of great shooters. We have a lot of guys that are great finishing at the rim. And we have uh, two of the best, you know, uh, creators, Donovan and Mike, in, in the league. So, you know, when we when we move the ball and we and we do that, it's really, really hard to guard. And it, it really affects uh, our defense uh, in a positive way. And what we don't, it affects our defense in a negative way. So... I think we know it by now. You know, it's just on us to, uh, you know, keep fighting through this and, uh, you know, and, and find ways to not let anybody take us out of our mindset offensively. Thank you, Rudy. Rudy Gobert with an incredible afternoon against Golden State. 24 points, 28 rebounds, four block shots. I, I give Rudy a ton of credit because it would really have been easy when asked about the defense to come out and say, 
hey man i'm playing my brains out i don't know what i don't know what else i can do i really don't don't know how how i could be more locked in defensively it's like I got that, like kareem abdul jabbar scene in airplane when he grabs the kid and <laughs> said you tell your old man <laughs> you know like rudy just loses it and like, and you know what he says he, he comes out he says we've got to be more focused we've got to play better on defense and he, he took a really team mentality to his comments because i give I give Rudy a lot of credit for that because he's going to face the defensive questions for obvious reasons, and Rudy was not the problem defensively tonight. Not even close. I mean, Rudy was a plus 11 while he was on the floor in a game they lost 131 to 119. I mean, his effect was palpable. And, uh, you know, good for him for for kind of spreading it out and saying the team and we need to be better, but that, that was not Rudy's problem tonight. The thing, I, I felt like he almost had as good a, you know, post game right there as he did the entire game because yeah. his words were fairly chosen but I think what he said that really makes a ton of sense to me and, it, and it's a great way that this Jazz needs, team needs to think is we have to dictate what the other team does that's what we've watched all year Jake everybody's been trying to adapt to how do you slow the Jazz down right um, and really the Jazz whatever swagger whatever it was during that spell all that energy um, that's the missing piece because right now it does seem like whether it's the way undermanned Rockets the other night, uh, you know, this game here today, we talked about ad nauseum that the Jazz were far superior in every way, but they don't, they didn't go out there and dictate from the start. The, the last time they played the Warriors, they were up 14 to two and the Warriors called a timeout. Um, this game started totally different and, you know, they didn't get, you know, crazy down right away, but it just, they just don't have that X factor or in Rudy's, you know, really, really good words that he chose. They're not dictating, they're being dictated too. And they've got to figure out a way, particularly defensively, how to get back to that. Want to remind you about our friends at Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation free Subaru retailer and the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Jazz fall this afternoon. In uh, San Francisco to the Golden State Warriors, 131 to 119. We'll get you more sound from the locker room coming up next. It is your Jazz Game Night post-game show here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz Game Night post-game show brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer. Jake Scott, Coach Tim Lacombe, Jazz Paul to the Warriors today, 131 to 119. Let's uh, get a look and get a chuckle here. Your master of the glass uh, today, brought to you by our friends at Safe Light Autoglass for another, uh, back for another great year of basketball. Proud to be the preferred autoglass partner of the Utah Jazz. Safe Light Autoglass is also proud to present this year's master of the glass rebound program. At the end of the regular season, Safe Light will donate $5 for each rebound secured by this year's team rebound leader. And they donated a bunch tonight because Rudy had 28 rebounds. Rudy Gobert, your master of the glass, eight offensive rebounds. He had nine rebounds at half. So uh, Rudy had uh, what is that? Nineteen rebounds in the second half. That should that should at least be like we should ex- extend his reign for ten games without even a contest after something like that. That's that is a crazy number. And if you look at all the other guys' numbers, you realize how much he really did just about get every rebound. He had twenty eight out of the total fifty one rebounds for the team. Unbelievable. That is unbelievable. Uh, Derek Favors had six. Joe Ingles had five, but nobody else had more than three. <laughs> Rudy, Rudy was uh, he was all over the place tonight, 
And, you know, I think you, you, you said it in the last segment, but he, he showed great restraint not to, you know, blow a gasket on the, when asked the defensive question because uh, I, do, I really do believe he's doing everything he can do. Right I think now. so, too. Yeah. And then talk about playing hard. Rudy's playing hard. Yeah, he's playing hard. And I don't know if you can say that about everybody, but Rudy is, is certainly playing and hard. And can we say he had three finishes tonight that were, like, big-time finishes, dude. Right? Big dunks. Strong like we've moves. We've been watching yep. flips. And, and he went and dunked two and had that lob where he had to reach back and get it. He, I thought he really finished well tonight. I thought he did too. And if he could channel a little bit more of that every night, and I know sometimes it gets complicated when there's a, a guy between he and the basket, but if he could just master that strong move, go up hard. And I know that Rudy likes to uh, or, or thinks that uh, he doesn't get the calls that he deserves. Well, listen, if you go hard and force the issue, uh, I mean, you're, they're going to have to blow the whistle one way or another. I thought, you, you know, or <laughs> or you get an easy dunk. So, I mean, I, I think both of us, as we sit here and watch the game, would like to see him force that issue a little bit more. It's easy to give a no call when he's trying to do a reverse layup or something. But I guarantee that that's a, been a point of emphasis. Oh, I'm you sure. Saw, we've seen definite development in all that stuff, but tonight was kind of the culmination. He, he finished great. Yeah, he, he sure did. There's no doubt about it. All right, let's go back to San Francisco. Let's keep the uh, postgame sound rolling, and uh, let's hear from Mike Conley. Hey, Mike, we'll get started with Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. Hey, Mike. Uh, so just to start off with, I guess, simply what was kind of the biggest issue defensively tonight? Um, we had a number of issues tonight. I thought that uh, you know, our rotations were a little slow. Uh, we knew that we were going to be aggressive on Steph's pick and rolls. And, um, and when that ball got moving around for them, they got some easy shots. But more so than anything, it wasn't necessarily a half court. It was our, our ability to, you know, we were turning the ball over and giving them, you know, easy free layups and, and, and free opportunities on the other end in transition. And those, those are backbreakers in games like this where, you know, we're just trying to scratch and claw at everything we can get and trying to find some kind of rhythm. Brian Miller, KSL. Hey, Mike, I just wanted to ask you about this trip, um, just kind of going all around the country. How do you guys go about handling that travel? Um, you know, Day by day right now, we know, we, uh, you know, everybody in this league is, is going to have a, a trip or two that's just unusual. Um, ours is coming up with, we got a six hour flight tomorrow uh, to Boston. So um, and it's something that, you know, we just have to take it, you know, like I said, day by day, go in and get our minds right that, you know, we're going to be some nights we're not going to sleep as well as others. Some some nights we got to go to bed early. Some Sometimes we got to get up a little earlier. So, um just get our minds, our mental, you know, right for, for that kind of uh, travel and, and uh, the competition is going to come from it. Kristen Kenny, Jazz TV. Mike, Rudy said that it's on him to set the tone defensively. What have you seen from him as far as that leadership and his? Well, I, I thought Rudy's been, you know, Obviously, you know what he is for us defensively, but his his ability to be vocal and uh, communicate to all of us, especially as guards, uh, gives us the confidence to, to pressure and uh, get in passing lanes and just be more aggressive uh, defensively. And it definitely starts with him and, and his activity and his his leadership vocally. Um, you know, so hopefully we continue to get more of that from him and and uh, each guy individually holds each other, you know, accountable uh, going forward. And we just have to, you know, go out there and just be better in all facets defensively. 
That's all the time we have. Thank you, Mike. That was Mike Conley. Uh, and Mike tonight, particularly the first half, was was pretty good. 23 points, 6 assists for Conley, 8 of 15, shooting 3 of 6 from 3, 4 of 4 from the line. Mike only had one turnover uh, on a night where, even though the total number of turnovers uh, weren't necessarily a problem, the severity of them were. And uh, Mike, with Rudy, finished in the plus. So he finished plus 9 and, and Rudy finished plus 11. You know, Mike wasn't the issue tonight, I don't think, either. I mean, chasing around Steph Curry is going to be a rough assignment, and he did his best. But Mike played pretty well. Didn't quite get the support from others. Yeah, I, I felt like, you know, before you even mentioned the plus-minus numbers, I, those were the two guys I identified as being pretty positive, um, you know, co- contributors just from uh, the things they did on, on both sides. Um, I thought Mike was pretty definitive. I thought he shot the ball well. I thought he took good shots and then tried to distribute. And so, I mean, it's really what you can ask him. And then you mentioned defensively having that Steph assignment. Uh, you know, a bunch of guys got switched off and, and took him, but Mike did that a lot. And, um, you know, that's that's the part that Steph got away from the Jazz early in the games. Also just a – that's a focus detail um, because he, he did – he made some shots early in the game and you're kind of wondering – you know, gosh dang, those are the ones that you really want to try to not let him get early, make him earn, and make every point difficult, and that just wasn't the case. He did talk about the defense and the rotations being a little bit slow. And that gets back to some of the focus stuff that certainly we've talked about. Let's get a look at your three-point feature sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union, helping members achieve their financial dreams for more than 80 years. From three tonight, the Jazz were 15 of 44, 34.1%. Um Mike Conley was three of six, Donovan Mitchell four of ten, Joe Ingles two of six, George one of three, Clarkson three of eight, O'Neal one of seven, and uh, Bogdanovich one of seven. Um, Just briefly talk about Royce for a second. It feels like he's a little gun shy, and I know he hasn't been shooting at quite that, you know, 42, 44% clip he was at at uh, one point during the year, but it just seems like he's a little bit hesitant to pull the trigger, and that moves him into dribbling the ball, which he struggles with sometimes. Totally agree. I feel like Royce had at least three shots tonight that he just flat turned down, and the one at the top of the key was a real big-time momentum one in the first half when you know he could have shot it. It would have got the down to a possession or two, and he dribbled it right off. You know They, they took it right away from him uh, and, and went down and dunked it, so I think, you know, all the guys got to get back to doing what they do well. And what Royce does well is guard, rebound, and shoot open shots. And they need him to do that. They need him to do all three for this team. And that shoot open shots, you know, you see guys go through slumps, but the only way out of it is to shoot your way out of it. And and you're the coach, so call me crazy on this observation, but it seems like if if Draymond Green's going to be guarding Royce O'Neal and cheating off Royce, all night long, he's got to at least take those shots to keep Draymond home. Oh, for sure. Yeah, because if you turn them down and, you know, time after time turn them down and make an extra pass, really when you're open, the book on you is all we got to do is stun at him and then our rotation will be on time. And so, yeah, that, that's something you're exactly right. You need to punish them for, for that cheating there. All right, should we get to uh, some of our, our stat nuggets here from our guy? Tyson Ewing. Of I course. guess we should, but I can't imagine they're going to be any good. Yeah. Do we? Do we want to? Oh, I bet there's. A I lot mean, they're of... good, but don't. He always does good work. I'm just saying, you know. You, okay. I bet you a lot of these uh, are are have to do with Rudy. Uh, our friend Tyson Ewing does stats for the television broadcast. He sends us a few nuggets uh, for the post game every night. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at ty ewing two. 
Uh, Rudy Gobert, 28 rebounds in this game. That is uh, that is not only a career high, but also a Utah Jazz all-time high for re- rebounds in a game playoff or regular season. Wow. What was the next? Does it say? You know what I saw? I Speaking of Tyson, I saw um, a, a, a graphic on it on the television broadcast, and now I'm trying to remember. Al Jefferson had one of those. Wow. Uh, back yeah, in I remember 2012. that. I actually remember and that. Everybody else was from the 70s. Okay. So this was the the best rebounding performance that and Rudy had a couple other I think his previous career high was 25. Uh so this was this was something. Um let's see this was Rudy's fifth career 2020 game and the third 2020 game for him this season. Which is pretty amazing. Uh Rudy finished uh with uh, let's see um uh, Tyson has 22 but I think Rudy they gave him an extra two. Uh Rudy finished with 24. Uh, 28 rebounds, four blocks, and two of steals. This st- uh, this stat line has only occurred one other time in NBA history, and that was Kareem on December 14th, 1975. Had 27 points, 34 rebounds, eight blocks, and two steals. Was he with the Bucks? He must have been right. 75. Yeah, 75 Bucks years. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. This is uh, just the second time since the start of the 2019-2020 season the Jazz have out-rebounded an opponent by double figures and lost. Ouch. Yeah, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. Well, we just saw a game where the other team had 30 more shots than the Jazz and the Jazz won, so maybe it's fair play. Turn All it right. out. All right, this one's going to be painful, so brace yourself. First 32 games of the season, the Jazz had the second-best defensive rating in the league at 106.8. Uh, just behind the Lakers at uh, 106 even. The last six games, Jazz defensive rating has been 116.2. Yowza. <laughs> but that's, that's what it feels like. We've talked about slippage. Right. But that's that's an avalanche. Like the, the side of the hills come out at 116. Yeah, that's that, – well, to be 10 points worse right. over the past six games, I mean, it's one thing to do that for a game. But that is certainly not a trend that uh, that <laughs> jazz fans want to see continue. And uh, this is the final one. We talked a lot about the turnovers tonight. Uh, 12 of Utah's 14 turnovers were live ball turnovers. That means 86% of the turnovers were live ball turnovers, the highest percentage of live ball turnovers with at least 14 since February 19th of 2010. And it kind of seemed like, you know, hey, don't touch that. It's hot. <laughs> And if somebody touches it, and then next time you turn around, don't touch that. And everybody just kept trying to drive it into a crowd, and they were good at digging that ball out. So, you you know that's part of it. You gotta you gotta watch how the team's playing you and make adjustments. And there were way too many of those. That is so. That is that is a really negative stat right there. I mean, how do you lose a game where you have uh, you have rebound the other team by double digits? That's how. Go here. <laughs> please take this as quickly as possible to the receptacle on the other end and <laughs> place it in there gently. That's exactly how you do it. All right, big thanks to our friend Tyson Ewing, at Ty Ewing 2 on Twitter, if uh, if you want to give him a follow. I uh, want to remind you about Mark Miller, Subaru, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer and the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Uh I glance over into the other room. Jazz lose tonight, one thirty-one to uh, one nineteen. Alex is there. We'll no, get technically, <laughs> technically, Alex is there. Uh, we will get to uh, Coach Lacombe's final thoughts on this one before we turn the uh, turn the page to the Boston Celtics uh, coming up on Tuesday. That's straight ahead here on the Jazz Radio Network. 
Conley lobbing Rudy, right hand only with a jam. Rudy Gobert above the crowd, and Rudy's got 15 points and 20 rebounds. And Mike Conley has tied Doc Rivers on the all-time assist list at 69. David Locke with your play of the game brought to you by uh, the Larry H. Miller dealerships for service, sales, or selection. LHMauto.com, driven by you. Jazz game night, post-game show. Jake Scott, coach Tim Lacombe. It's brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer. The Jazz fall to 28-10 and 10 on the season. They lose to Golden State 131 to 119 despite an unbelievable game from Rudy Gobert 24 points a franchise and career record 28 rebounds for Rudy two steals and four block shots what a game in fact uh, nobody's had that kind of stat line as we found out from our friend Tyson in the last segment since Kareem in 1975 too bad it had to come in a losing effort this grandpa across the table from me Jake was five years old (laughs) when that happened that's how long it's so it's been a minute been a minute and the last person to do it was pretty good last time I this, checked. this gray in my beard isn't spray painted on <laughs> no. i've earned it <laughs> you have there's there's no doubt uh the jazz actually had four players score 20 points tonight uh donovan with 24 rudy with 24 mike conley with 23 and jordan clarkson with uh with 21 again the more that you know this kind of post game goes along tim and i i get it that 34 percent from three is an ideal but I don't think they lost this game on the offensive side. It wasn't perfect. A lot of dribbling. The turnovers were were certainly a nightmare, but uh, it, it was too easy for Golden State. Yeah, the the Jazz shot or gave me excuse me gave up sixty five point two percent effective field goal percentage tonight. Oof. I mean that is just a gut punch, and you know uh, against a team like you, you, hey the Clippers get hot one night, or you know the Bucks or a team that's just totally loaded with talent. You can swallow it. You know, it's not easy, but you can say, oh, hey, they had great players make great plays. But tonight, that's the part of this that, that stings. Is it's a team that the Jazz are better than, way better than, and personnel-wise and, and everything else. Um, the, so we talked about some of the negative stuff. I think the positive thing is these are the same guys and the same staff and everything else. And there are, like David said, total absolute, you know, a ton of adversity during the midst of a season. The Jazz came pretty unscathed through that first half. We got pretty fortunate. I mean, we didn't spend many days like this one yeah. trying to talk about what absolutely went went crazy. Uh, because even games they lost, they they played fairly well and were right there in them. Yeah. So um, I, I think overall, the, you know, the outlook's got to still be really positive, but the trend right now is is you know, it's trending in a negative uh, way, and we feel like that's totally attached to the effort and defense. Absolutely. Yeah. And they've just got to get their their head on straight and playing on a string and not – I mean, we keep coming back to this a little bit, but Kyle Rudy is so good. You know, don't get caught in bad habits. You still – and I hate cliches so much, but oftentimes there's no better way to communicate it. And, and lately, the guard your yard is what we've heard uh, with this jazz team. And frankly – uh, nobody did that today, not named Rudy Gobert. And and you know what? Rudy makes up for a lot, but, you know, if he helps, the, you got to help the helper. Got to do Rudy a solid, too. Yeah, there's no doubt. And, and I think that he, uh, the, the message, I think, hopefully we'll get through because nobody likes to lose, and especially when you've won so much and, and had such a great time doing it. It's hard, you know, that's why teams like, you know, the Chicago Bulls that won a lot of championships, they lost, you know, they, they went through losing streaks in their seasons, you know. Not not a ton, but enough. 
And, and so it happens to teams and it's how you deal with it. Um, you know, this, this one, I think one of the guys said, we got to look ourselves in the mirror. I think it was Rudy perhaps yeah. and said, we got to look ourselves in the mirror and we've got to decide, you know, um, how, how we get back to where we, where we were because I, they've all seen it. They've all understand what it feels like. And, and it is hard work. So they, they've just got to get committed to getting back to that. Yeah, no, uh, no doubt about it. Well, let's get a, a few final thoughts uh, from you, Coach Lacombe, and uh, we'll turn the page to the Celtics on Tuesday night. Well, not a whole lot of time to, you know, sit around. They, they're going to have a day, basically travel and get out to Boston. Um, you know, I, I don't think you really need to look beyond that. It, they're going to be playing, you know, a couple more games behind that on this road trip. But I think all the focus and effort and energy needs to be on Boston. They got to figure out a way uh, to get some good things happening. And what it what it has to be is a couple of different guys need to do just what we talked about. Royce has got to guard, rebound, and shoot the three. Bullion's got to do a better job of guarding his yard. He's got to make open shots, and he doesn't need to force plays that aren't there. Um, you know, I think you every guy's got to go on the list and talk about the things they do well, how they can contribute and figure out a way to get this thing back trending in the right direction. All right. We want to say a big thanks to Lock and Boone doing a great job calling the action as always. Thanks to Amanda Smith, our broadcast assistant tonight, Alex Lindbergh, executive producer of Jazz Game Night. Thanks, Lindy. Uh, I want to say thanks to Mark Miller Subaru, the title sponsor of the post game. Uh, Utah's not only negotiation free Subaru retailer and proud to be the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. And uh, finally, of course, Thank you, Tim. Fun stuff. I, I do, even though it was a losing effort for the Jazz today. Gotta love these Sunday afternoon showdowns. Yeah, we're walking out of here in the sunlight. Let's go. How about that? Yeah, how, how by the way, how'd you do springing forward? You all right? You dragging? You doing okay? I'm doing okay. I didn't really pay any attention to it. The clock is, it meant nothing to me today because I knew I just needed to wake up at a normal time. Old people wake up early. I, I got up early. You know, we'd ask Alex, but he goes to bed at 3 o'clock in the morning every night, so it doesn't really affect him. He just, you know. I think since he's been going to the bingo parlor, he's actually flipped his clock around. He's, a little earlier. He's actually in, he's 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 able to go to dinner before five and catch a break there on the discount. The, the early bird special, yeah, just because he's with people, and then he's able to be in bed after the news yeah. at ten thirty. <laughs> Jazz ball this afternoon to the Warriors, one thirty one uh, to one nineteen. Our next broadcast coming your way Tuesday night. When they take on the Boston Celtics, that game tips off at 5.30. Pre-game coverage will begin at 4.30. And, of course, you'll hear it all right here on the Jazz Radio Network.